We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined by Darius and Mike. And the Lakers went 2-0 this weekend in a pair of games that were quite different from each other and both informative into where we are and where we're going. Before we get into the specifics of those, we had a 139-point performance against Portland before a pretty close and competitive game against Minnesota. And before we get into the specifics of that... I just want to remark that like we're here like the commitment to the small ball lineups if you listen to Frank Vogel talk after the game before the game we're committed to this D this is something that it, on a night where Nas Reed kicked our butts we stuck with it and I thought Vogel made a really compelling point in the post game which is like look if we're going to play this way there are going to be different problems that we have to address we have to explore playing this way we have to figure out how do we deal with a a big guy like him and how do we deal with not having LeBron bang with guys like that and what will work in the different scenarios and different challenges that the different personnel around the league presents. But the fact that he's using, we're going to play this way as kind of a baseline represents just a huge shift, Darius, that this is the first commitment to that, like that this is how we are going to play that I've seen. And I think that's really noteworthy. It is noteworthy. I would describe the Lakers being in phase two of a three phase rollout of what this season is Mm -hmm. um phase one was the what did we do before that won a championship can we replicate that with this group of guys injuries played a key part in that but i honestly think they would have played a big guy anyway at the very beginning of the season even if anthony davis was starting at center i think the idea of what the team was going to be was going to sort of mirror as close as you could to what the championship formula was, but with Anthony Davis starting at center in order to help optimize Russell Westbrook. You very would have likely still seen LeBron James being a small forward and Trevor Ariza being a power forward, but stretching the floor more and a lot of stuff like that. Phase two is, hey, we've figured out a bunch of that stuff that we wanted to do 
won't actually work with these players. And so now that we're in phase two, I see this Mike as, all right, well, what are the hurdles and challenges? What are the pros and cons? What can we learn from this style of play? I think phase three is probably going to be a little bit of we can't just be one thing. Right. And so we'll have that discussion when we get to that part of the season, probably a little bit after Anthony Davis gets back Mm -hmm. and the team starts to shift again. But Mike, first of all, Happy New Year. And second of all, where are you at in terms of what I just described? Or do you see it as something differently entirely? Yeah. Happy New Year, fellas. It's been a little bit since we've actually all been on one screen here. (laughs) And it's always good to see you guys. I mean, I... I think a couple of things have been figured out, and Pete just went over them, and, and as did you, so I won't repeat that. But to add something to it, if you just look at the guys who played, just who got minutes, the nine guys that played, how many times have we gone over our depth charts, right? Uh, and a lot of it's on the de- the text thread. A lot of it's on – I mean, Pete actually sent an extremely detailed – full document at one point yeah. as to when guys were going to come in and subbed in and <laughs> which part of the rotation, which I really appreciated. But that's that's what I do almost daily, like going into whenever the first press conference is with Frank that day. It's like, all right, so who's going to be in the rotation today? Who's going to play the minutes? And last night, I really kind of liked it. And the idea of it more so than just what the actual players were is thinking, okay, in a month or whatever it is when Anthony Davis returns, you're you're getting Anthony Davis – in the starting lineup with this style of play, probably taking out Stanley Johnson, who then you have this big wing, if he's still there, who you can put into you, who's kind of like basically battling with THT for that ninth man spot. And then you've got Mello, Reeves and Ariza locked in to the three spots off the bench or start Ariza, bring Monk off the bench, whatever. But that's very interesting to me. And sure, break glass, pull Dwight Howard out for the occasional, you know, harass Jokic for 10 minutes or whatever. But that's that's all something that I think is it's taken a lot of necessary trial and error because of the injuries and because of the covid suspensions and just some some sort of stubbornness that that we all understood based on how they won. But that's the progress, I think, that we're starting to see in terms of who's actually getting the minutes. Yeah, we got our guys back. That it seems like such a an excuse, but now we're this is the first time of the season where we've got one, you know, one star out and then Oh, Pete. Just, yeah. Pete. What's the Lakers record when Austin Reeves plays? The Lakers record when Austin Reeves plays is 14 and 5, I believe. Is that correct? Yes, it is. You tweeted it the other day and I I made sure to mention it on like every single broadcast that I was on over the last couple of days uh, just cuz I I loved it and thought it was a fun stat. Uh, so, hey, I also don't think it's a coincidence. I don't either. A little one, it's, the laundry doesn't win, Mike. The good players win. And Austin Reeves is an especially important one. I think as we get into more of these small ball concepts, I'm so excited we're here. I've been looking forward to this all season because like this is we needed Vogel to get to this point to we needed Vogel to like see the light, see what type of team this is. He's the only one that can lead us going forward right but it takes him not only seeing it but believing like oh yeah and Darius our offense has been changing over the last several games we're doing a lot of cool stuff in attacking the basket we've probably cut to the basket more than any team in the league which gives a guy like Avery Bradley an additional type of value that maybe he wouldn't have on other teams I'm not entirely positive where we're going from here, but I knew that we would have to get to this point and seeing Vogel get to the point where it's not just like, 
you know, I, I thought we would I thought we would be in a place where Dwight was getting minutes and I would have totally understood it. I actually think we're probably too small right now, which I was laughing about with you guys in the text thread last night is I've been advocating go smaller, go smaller, go smaller. And then there's some minutes now without Anthony Davis, because all, all of it is predicated on A.D. being healthy. That's like eh, we could really use Dwight right now <laughs> on the Pete, board. Pete just got Pete just wanted a care package on No Big Island, Darius. You know, that's yes. right. <laughs> yeah, he just wanted something airdropped in just to ease his stay. Yeah, you know, something like that. There's an interesting path that is developing with this team, and Vogel sort of you frame it as seeing the light, Pete. I frame it, and I think that that's fair. I would tw- I would put my little twist on that as he again was given a totally new batch of players to coach, and. He had familiarity with some of them, but only some of them. He had to learn what these dudes could do on the court together. together. He said this last night. He said this last night in the post game is like the first part is just learning this guy can do that, but he can't do this. And Vogel's a film room nut, right? Like he is he he is studying and but you don't know what you have until you're actually in the room on the court like seeing this stuff from your team under your systems and what do they learn what do they absorb what do they what can they then learn and absorb and then deploy on the court there is so much that goes into coaching an actual basketball team that it's not just why didn't he sub this guy in that would have worked as if as as if we on our couch know better than the dude who is basically obsessing over this every single second of the day and talking with other smart people in the room to try to get it to happen. And so over the course of time, I think he has arrived at the place that I think we all, you especially, Pete, forecasted they needed to get there eventually. But every every person travels a path at their own speed. It takes a certain amount of variables that impact you on the path in order to come to the conclusions and Vogel at this point I think he's still learning he's still at the point where he's just like hey when we're big can we do this thing versus that thing yes no store that away for later well the other thing to consider as to how they've gotten to this point and how much of it's been by necessity is because if they did have Davis and LeBron just healthy together for much of the season, then that would have masked a lot of the warts and and or some of the successes that they could have had with various lineups. And the one guy that's actually been there every night has been Russell Westbrook. And, uh, you know, we've we've certainly spent a lot of time talking about Russ, but that that trial and error that may not have come were it not to have been totally necessary. And and that's you know, it's in some ways it's frustrating. In other ways, it's a silver lining um, as long as they're ultimately get to the place that they need to be. I think that's spot on. And we've, I think, received some subtle but really important blessings from the basketball gods over the last couple of weeks, even though it hasn't felt like it. Uh, Let's take a quick break. I want to recount that a little bit because I think this moment of the season, this weekend, this commitment to the small ball groups is a real significant point in the season. And I think that recounting how we got here is going to be informative in telling us where we're going. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we had a few things happen that I think really accelerated us getting to this point. In some ways, AD going out of the lineup is it helps facilitate this style of play because at his worst, he can be a little on the lethargic side and can, in terms of spacing, which is a really important component of playing small, can be someone who kind of lingers in the mid range and can kind of dunk that up a little bit when, again, when he's at his worst, when AD is at his best and when he's really feeling good, he's going to absolutely dominate in this space. And, and just, yeah, I, I'm really excited to see where it goes, but AD had been playing tired and there had been reports of him being tired, right? And so that being gone in some ways, I think, facilitates a degree of speed with the team as a whole. Then Vogel getting the gift of having kind of the 10,000 foot view of the team from being out for a little while, I think is super important. Seeing somebody else coach your team, you know, and obviously he was in the weeds with that and he was helping as much as possible, but that only goes up to a certain point if you're not standing there on the sidelines. And so him being able to step back and see that is a really a, a gift that never happens. Like this is really unprecedented in the NBA for your coach to go out for a while. But I think it was really key in him coming back and being like, not only are we doing this, we're going to explore it. So him having that verve for this style of play is extremely important. And then lastly, there, there are a couple of other things, but like Stanley Johnson, as we're recording this, we don't have news on his contract status going forward, but Darius, we of all of the players that left that were our role players last year, I think the player that we've missed the most is actually Kyle Kuzma, in part because he's a, a big wing, but also because he's a generalist. He's somebody that can contribute in a bunch of different areas in of the game and be fine. And Stanley Johnson's ability to pass a little bit, handle the ball a little bit, to defend on the perimeter, to get loose balls to drive and dish. There's just a, a little bit of a lot of different components of the game that I think is significant to have in a player at his size and position. And you've been talking about this all year. He's You've been talking about us having a four, and this is he's more of a micro ball four, I would say, than a prototypical four, but the hole in the roster was there just the same. And I think that his generalist tendencies have been super helpful in greasing the wheels for this team. 
Johnson sort of this meld of a B-level player or a B-minus or C-plus level player of like Alex Caruso and Kyle Kuzma. Mm-hmm. He's got big wing slash like power forward, stretch power forward style size. He gets after it defensively and he has enough ball skills to do some stuff, but isn't really a scoring threat, which sort of reminds me more of Caruso than it does of Kuz, at least the early stages of Caruso, at least. And so Johnson, to me, is a player that whether or not Johnson comes back to the team, I'd like him back. We'll see. But I've said this before about multiple different types of players, but he's an avatar to me for someone who the Lakers really need. And Reeves is an avatar as well for that sort of Caruso type, which is why I would imagine, Pete, that you're saying the Lakers have missed coups maybe more than Caruso is because Reeves has done sort of a a fair amount of the stuff that you would want from that Caruso type of player, right? Like he is sort of the same size. He competes defensively. he, He is not the same type of player, but he is sort of filled in the gaps as a connector in a way that has mattered to the Lakers. I don't want to undersell the degree to which I think Alex contributed to this team. Reeves is not there yet, but again, what was it, 14 and 5, Mike? So let's let's see that sample size go. I don't really compare them a ton. I think our guards are pretty good, though, which is yes. why I think it's more of a matter of like who replaced them. Like I think that stronger players replaced Caruso as a guard than they did in yeah. the front court. It's, yeah. a so relative, it's more about that. It's a relative yeah. value argument, right? Yeah. Like without, with the, with the such a big absence of that bigger wing, that's where I can get the argument for Kuz. Even if we were going to make an argument for Caruso over Kuzma, I think we could. Yeah. Uh, in a vacuum, you know, I'd pick, yeah. I'd pick Alex over Kuz just right, in right. terms of who's the better player, but the bigger yeah. need is that and, big wing. And so let me try to to expand the point a little bit to just talk about how the last time that we well let's see which pod was it we were discussing basically the the lack to a degree of role players especially when everybody that got hit with COVID were those kind of connective pieces and that's why so LeBron was still playing great especially offensively but in Russell Westbrook was just kind of doing his thing which is what he's been doing. But the rest of the guys that were out there weren't the type of connective players around those guys. So now that you get Reeves and Ariza back and you add Stanley Johnson, boom, like the, and LeBron explicitly mentioned this after the game. It's like, well, those, yeah, those, duh, those are our glue guys. Like those are the guys that we need to connect all of these dots. And so now that, so Anthony Davis is gone. LeBron and Russ, you have as certain types of players on one hand, and the rest of the guys are more now just contributing towards what it is that those guys need to have the team function. And that's that is what's similar to how the team was built around LeBron and AD, right? Except that with different players and different personnel, but that was at least the idea of the team. And I don't think we had that earlier in the season when DeAndre was in the rotation, right? And and on and on. So that that's that's to me where they've gotten in terms of like now it's the blueprint for every player is starting to become more clear as to what they have to do to, to, for the team to win. Well, I'm super big on slotting, right? And the we I often talk about this within the context of who is your best player, who is your second best player, who is your third best player, and on and on and on, right? And the way that players get slotted appropriately is by not having to play above their heads and ha- not having to ask be too big for them to carry over the course of a full game 
much less like a full shift, right? It's it's like, what can you do? Can you do that every single night? And okay, well, we need you to do more. Can you? It's just like, well, I really can't. And sometimes that's ask in terms of role, like how many shots and touches, how much shot creation you're responsible for. But sometimes that's minutes. That's the difference between Melo playing 20 minutes in a game and 35. Exactly. Another part of slotting is who are your role players and what are your role players actually good at? And where are the holes on the team that need to be filled? We need someone to step into that slot. And so we're not talking about player ranking here or who your best player is versus who your fifth player is. We're talking about, yeah, you know what we really need is some guy to box out. What we really need is some guy who's actually looking to make the extra pass. What we really need is a guy who can attack a closeout because that's where he's going to be positioned on the floor where that's what he has to do. And so it's like, oh, well, you can't attack a closeout? Well, sorry, you have to play in the spot where you have to be able to attack a closeout. And so things start to break down then because the holes in your skill set don't match up with the holes that need to be filled on the roster. And so when we get back to Johnson and Ariza and Reeves, and now I think, Pete, we've seen it even with a guy like Malik Monk, whose offensive skill set slots in appropriately between, between Russ and LeBron. Right. And you start to see guys taking on the appropriate sized role that align with their skill sets and the symmetry of how these lineups work is coming into focus a lot better. Very much so. And that has um, that has a cascading effect across the roster. Right. That's something that everybody being slotted appropriately. It's like, yeah, they're good at the thing that they're asked to do. And with so many vet minimum players, that is the nature of vet minimum players is they usually have a lot of holes in their game. And Stanley Johnson is no different, but he's a generalist in exactly the aspects of the game that we need, that box outs, those chasing down the long rebounds. We asked him last night to guard Nas Reed for a little while. It didn't go too well, but let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk about that because Johnson as that generalist type of player being able to cover for certain places, Vogel is in the process of learning where he can plug him in and where he can't because I think he's an important player in filling those holes. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So the Portland and Minnesota games were different to me in the respect where I considered Minnesota to be a serious basketball team right now, and I don't consider Portland to be. And, and so the Portland game's significant in that we've played a few not particularly serious basketball teams so far this season, and we haven't really kicked the crap out of them that often. And that Portland game is, is an example of what I think we will be doing to the bottom 10 defenses or so in the NBA. And we talk so much, Mike, about the uh, the standings and where the Lakers are positioned. And there's such a logjam that really just collecting wins and being able to beat the, the hell out of the bad teams is really going to matter at the, at the end of the day. And so the Minnesota game, however, 
they are a very well-coached team. I really like Chris Finch, their coach. And a lot of athletes who are a little bit bigger, and they it is a jailbreak to the front of the rim against us. And it has been in all every game that we've played them this season. So they kicked our butts on the boards. We asked Johnson to guard Nas Reed, and Reed just went through him and over him. We didn't play particularly good pick-and-roll defense, and Russell Westbrook was atrocious, particularly with his uh, with his turnovers last night. But Minnesota is a team, Mike, that I like in terms of how they play. You're going to get a serious basketball. You're going to get a serious basketball game against them in a way that even if D'Angelo Russell and Towns are out, I would almost argue that you're going to get a more serious defensive competition in a game like that. So anyhow, went a, a lot of different places with that. But what were your impressions of of those two games, how Johnson fits in and every, everywhere we've gone? Well, Minnesota was uniquely equipped to give the Lakers some problems with things that they either struggle with currently or have struggled with throughout the season. And just based off of the athletes uh, that the Timberwolves throw out there and the size, and you mentioned it kind of part of it is Finch, but the way that they attack the offensive glass and yet they're athletic enough to still get back at least somewhat in transition and not uh, let you completely dominate them in that aspect. So it's a little bit of like a, it's one of those games in the NBA season where you look at the stars that are out and you you take a, if you take your foot off the gas too much, then they've still got enough of a of a group there that can beat you. And so that's why I thought it, it was important that the Lakers sort of found a way to just get that thing done uh, in the fourth quarter, um, even if a couple of plays went their way, like the mellow and one three uh, was huge. It was a one point game with three minutes left as Minnesota kept sort of charging back based on the mix of Laker turnovers, and you mentioned Russ had eight of them. Or was it nine? I think it ended up being nine. It was nine, nine, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then just the offensive rebounds. I think it was 19 to four was the difference on the offensive glass. But that's the the difference between that game and Portland is that Portland was playing, you know, four G League type call-up guys off the bench and their regular starters uh, they they didn't have in the starting lineup either. Their subs were basically starting next to Lillard. So that was not and, a real game. And they don't have much yeah. of a defensive culture in the first place anyway. So that that compounds the matter. Yeah. So but, you know, with that said, we've seen the Lakers play some other teams, whether it was Houston or uh, or OKC that weren't as you mentioned, serious basketball teams, and they didn't take care of business like that. And I thought that here's here's how they could have, though, Pete, earlier in the season. Had they gotten to just the – and there's no way that they would have, but in hindsight, right, LeBron at center, and he didn't play in those first two OKC games, that's – there's just – there's no way for a team without a certain type of guy to stop that. That's there's right. just not. And that, to me, has been the most important thing that has been unlocked – for this team is really realizing how dominant LeBron can be in those situations and really planning for that and how to take advantage of it. And this is where Stanley Johnson could be important as another Ariza type big player that you could put in there to say, to take some of that load off. But I think that the rest of the coaches around the league, when they're prepping for the Lakers are, are they have to be, you know, a little anxious thinking about what they're going to do with LeBron um, at the center position. Cause there's, I don't know if there's a great answer for it. This is where, to me, identity matters as well. And, and, and so earlier during the season, I would argue that the Lakers' identity was, well, we've got all of these guys who are going to the Hall of Fame. We're just going to beat you in the end because we think we're better. And pardon my French, that doesn't get you shit. Mm-hmm. 
It doesn't. Part of the game against some of these bad teams, the Lakers would be like, oh, yeah, well, we went on our run. Time for those guys to fold. And when those guys didn't, then they ended up losing games that had everyone pulling their hair out. And that sort of identity is flimsy, Pete. That's not a foundational identity trait. That is a front runner trait. And if you want to be a front runner, just go ahead. Front runners get passed in every single race. I've never seen one where it's very difficult to be like, oh, yeah, well, let's start the marathon. I'm going to sprint out in front of everyone else and no one is going to catch me. Sorry, that's just not how things work. And so now I would argue that not only for what Mike's saying, like the 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 strategic problems that LeBron at the five represents for other teams. It's a, okay, well, the Lakers now sort of have this identity that's built on, this is what we're gearing towards. And playing this style has a certain number of requirements that the team is going to have to check off of a list if they're going to do it successfully at all. And the Lakers are checking off more of those boxes every single time, right? And it's not going to be perfect against Minnesota. You saw them puncture and create some holes in the dam a little bit that the Lakers were trying to plug and they were trying to plug it with, okay, well, let's try THT on Anthony Edwards. Let's let's start to switch this pick and roll a little bit more. All right, well, all right, here's the break in case of emergency situation. Let's just put LeBron on Nas Reed and, and he shut off his faucet. Nas Reed was no longer a factor in the game after they put LeBron on him. And that idea of what are our solutions in this are all based off of this is our identity. And when the identity is built off of purposeful style of play, you're going to get better results regardless. And I would argue that one of the biggest changes this season is the embracing of something that actually fits the personnel on the team in order for them to coalesce and come together and say, no, this is us now. It's huge. It's everything because it's what you can build off of. It's your foundation. It's the place where you can come back home to after you're exploring a bit, which is where we are in this season. It's that exploration of can Stanley Johnson guard a Nas Reed type? Uh, doesn't look like it. Okay, if we put THT on this player, does that does his strength and length limit them? And when the answer is yes to your idea, you keep it. And when the answer is no, you try something else. And that's one of the really fascinating parts about about going through a season and even coaching a team at lower levels is going through that process, Mike, of, okay, this works, this doesn't, this lineup works, this doesn't. But like you said, that identity that this is who we are, this is what we're going to be and base what we do off of is so crucial to all of that being able to happen. I've been talking so much about we need to get our legs under under us and this can always change in a moment's notice with an injury or something that happens. But this is the first time I've felt like this is who we are. We're getting our legs underneath us. We can build off of this. So three more home games to go here, Sacramento, Atlanta and Memphis. And you know, the Lakers should have a good chance to win all of these games. Atlanta is not playing their best basketball uh, right now, although they do have talent and they did get Trey Young back. But like they're 16 and 19, you know, over there in the Eastern Conference. The Lakers have seen the Grizzlies and that that is a, a tough matchup for this style. Uh, I, I think that with that said, they had that 13 point lead, you know, late in the third quarter and they'll want to get some revenge for that. I don't know what they're going to do with John Morant. Uh, that's that's certainly something that's going to keep Frank Vogel up at night. But starting with the Kings, 
you know, the Kings come in at 16 and 22. And I just think it's an important way, not just for the Lakers to 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 further cement the cohesion that they're starting to build, but to try and look at, all right, we're, we're in the seventh spot. The Clippers, even though they managed to somehow get a win against Brooklyn um, without any of their players, and when Harden and Durant had a 10-plus point lead, because that stuff happens in the NBA to other teams too, uh, the Nuggets are two games above 500, and, and that's – you know, they're right there for that five spot. And then even if you get a, if you tag Memphis with a loss, all of a sudden you can start to think about them. So I just think that that's, we're not in must win territory or anything like that, but it's a, I don't want to, I don't think anybody wants to see a backslide away from some of this momentum, which even included that loss at Memphis and even a couple of those games before that, uh, as they, as they really try to hammer in that this is what they're going to be now. There's a path and the Lakers seem Firmly, and I think this is with Frank Vogel fully on board. I've argued a bunch about the best teams not only have great talent, they all row in the same direction. And they have a principled way in which they want to play. Frank Vogel's, some of his key ideas are, well, we're going to play harder than you. We're going to defend. And we're going to get out in the open court with his teams. Okay, well. I think that this smaller lineup is pushing them in the direction of playing harder. I think that he's trying to bring the defense along with him. I think he's trying to problem solve with that. And once the defense comes along, guess what's going to happen? They're going to be running a lot. They're first in the league in pace right now. And they're just going to run more and more and more once they start to get stops. And when Anthony Davis gets back, you can see it. The path is there. I'm cautiously optimistic that soon we're going to have a pod that's titled the Lakers are good now. (laughs) Let's hope so, man. Let's hope so. I think that we're on the path to it now. I really think that there's that we can we can get there. One thing that I've really come to notice from how Frank Vogel coaches is that he's serving longer term goals more often than I think that we recognize. And that game against Minnesota was an example of that, where if you, we need to beat this team by 25 points, you start with LeBron James on Nas Reed. But there are multiple long-term goals within that, and you're not running all of the drop coverages that that we were uh, early in the game. This is something we've talked about in the past, we'll talk about in the future, but let's shelve that for now. But the his defensive scheme being something that he needs reinforced throughout the season, like you can't be good at it in March if you didn't have the buildup of it throughout the season. And I think that's something that the reason why Vogel has gotten so much defensively out of every roster that he's had is that he sticks to that. And even through individual games where that particular matchup may be more conducive to doing something different to win that particular game, the reinforcement of the same principles, Mike, over and over and over again, he always talks about having a growth mindset, but that's something that we'll see it in individual games where it's like, ah, this random guy is kicking our butts. But oftentimes, like with Nas Reed, I thought it's in service of broader goals. So how Frank navigates that is going to be very interesting and very important to the rest of the season. I was impressed with how Vogel coached really from the start of that first season. And then I think it really crystallized in the postseason and the in the matchup adjustments that he made and the way that he just completely figured out whether it was Portland in round one or Houston in round two or then Denver and eventually to Miami, he really pulled all of the right strings. And so that 
that to me is the place, especially where then when you get to a regular season, you have to remember that stuff. And you have to remember that he is he has been there and he's there are certain things that he wants to see, certain things that he wants to teach, even at the expense of optimal lineups or of on not necessarily a win or a loss, but at least in in the way that a game is going to be played. And his absence uh, last week and now his returning, I think, have hopefully at least quieted some of those which were to me more irrational, you know, pleas to blame him for the way that things started the season. And I think that that is also important for the team to see that and to get that and to have missed him, to have not had him in person and now to get him back. uh, I think that's a, a win for not just for Vogel, but for the whole team. I'm just happy that the team is starting to get healthy and come together in a way that's meaningful. Like LeBron mentioned it post game. I can't remember who asked him the question, but he had talked about reps again. And that idea of like, we need the time. We need the time. And we're starting to get it. And the results that you're seeing now, like that's what this is. And I tend to believe LeBron James when he says something uh, particularly about how a basketball team wins and loses because he's pretty much a subject matter expert when it comes to that sort of thing. Darius, before I forget, I I would love next time you go on a deep dive into lineup data, I would love to see this pattern of this small group now as they start to get into minutes that are even somewhat compared to any other team because the, the total is still going to be incredibly low. But like I, I'm wondering when we're going to get a sample size, right, that is at least somewhat meaningful. So just just keep that idea in your head, and I'll look forward to those texts. The Lakers finally starting to find a rhythm together and with the style of play that's going to matter. And that's why I thought Frank's comments, Pete, were super informative about this is he knows that he needs to see it. He needs to get it on tape. And it's just like, oh, this big dude is kicking our ass. Well, let's let him do it. A little bit in the same way that Phil Jackson would say, yo, yeah, they're on a big run. I'm not calling timeout. Figure it out. Y'all got to figure it out. Like you're the one out there playing, playing the game. You don't think in pregame discussions about Minnesota that they weren't talking about their pick and roll coverage and what they need to do in order to contain those jailbreak attacks to the rim on offensive rebounding and post game Frank is saying, well, yeah, guess what? They did that against our big lineups too. And that, and it worked then. So I knew it was going to be a problem. And so seeing it during the game, he's probably frustrated as hell, but he's also just like, yeah, well, guess what? If I put in Dwight Howard, that's probably not going to fix things. It didn't change Mike when they had Anthony Davis out there. I love the point about Phil. And I, I, I always think about those lineups, even in playoff games, where it just be like Farmar, Shannon Brown, you know, Sasha, Josh Powell, not the most talented group, you know, in, in the NBA, not, not a guy that's like go Luke Walton that goes out there and just, but that group knew they were getting minutes. They knew that Phil was content with it. They knew like, and they just developed sort of a confidence with it. And there are some teams in the league, I think like Memphis does a nice job with that sometimes. They just let Tyus Jones come in and kind of run a second unit that's so and LeBron teams have not had that as much. And and I I just I I do think it's possible though, if they the LeBron teams are empowered not to just call for LeBron to go fix it right away and say, Nope, this is the group. And and whether LeBron's in there or not, like you guys are good enough to play well together. 
you're good enough. It doesn't have to be the, the best guy out there every time. I love that the micro ball groups are getting a chance to fail. They're getting a chance to see where weaknesses are. And instead of us immediately going away from it, trying to problem solve, because this is who we are. This is the natural shape of the team. This is how we're supposed to play. Is that going to be good enough at the end of the day to win an NBA championship? I don't know. And there's so much work between now and then, D, that it's not really worth the conversation right now. But this is fundamentally who we are. And we need to explore all of the different components of it. There's a saying, my wife's a kindergarten teacher, and there's a saying that they have in in their classroom that mistakes are magic. And it's that idea of you can learn from this, right? It's it's like for five and six, six years old, like, oh, okay, well, you talk about that that growth mindset. Well, that growth mindset is is embedded in the idea that you have to learn from the mistakes that that you make. And so those mistakes are opportunities. Right? right. And and so mistakes are magic. And and so that idea of yes. We need to fail doing this because if we don't allow ourselves to fail, we do not know how to get better. And so a part of that blueprint that that we've discussed is is that 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 blueprint's going to include mistakes because you cannot recover from those and become a better basketball team without that. Uh, sorry, the chat. The chat oh, is oh, the chat man, is the, funny. <laughs> the group chat. So uh, we got to go. We, we got to go. go now. You've been listening to the Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. Baines has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front. Broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic. Got it. Magic fires. It's in. And the Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. A lot of Laker fans sticking around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Ryan spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two. Listen. It's over. Shot clock now to five. Bryant. Yes. With a little tap to Alvin Gentry. That insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic trying to disrupt Rondo. He puts it in. Here's Davis. 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good. Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers. James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James. Putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.